Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I'm broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where it has been a crisp day, but also humid because, we, of course, we had rain. It's rainy season. And I'm outside on the patio where it's fresh and green and beautiful. And it is Sunday, September 11th in the year 2022. And Mercury's in retrograde <laughs> since Friday night. And I have to say the combination of Mercury turning retrograde and then a few hours later, the full moon in Pisces was a lot of energy for everyone to process. And even though the full moon was in Pisces, which is a very intuitive, sensitive water sign, it was still, it wasn't like we're getting hit over the head with energy like that, but I have to say it was intense. There's been a lot of intensity. And if you listened to my Instagram today, we have a bunch of planets in retrograde and Mercury is just the latest to go retrograde. And we are so in a place where things feel like they're going really fast and really intense and then they stop and they slow down and then they get really fast again. And I feel like we're all processing a whole lot. Their events are speeding up, our lives are speeding up, and it could be the retrogrades because there's a certain amount of compounding that happens when there's so much retrograde going on, when so many planets are not direct, there's a lot of internal processing going on, a lot. And even if you don't sit back, I'm going to just sit this out and meditate for the next six months. That's not necessarily what we can do, but we are processing stuff that's happening on a deep level without it being terribly conscious. So, you know, by the time Mercury goes direct on October 2nd, I believe that we're going to feel different and having shifted in a major way. And when that happens, it's because we've processed a lot in our sleep, in our dreams, in our unconscious. And it's not necessarily uh, a conscious, like I'm going to be doing this very conscious work. We may be doing conscious work. I'm always doing something, as I've told my audience before. I'm always trying to do some consciousness work. But if you're not in the way of doing that and you're just busy with your regular work or your kids or your family or whatever you have on your mind, it it's still moving very quickly. Like I really felt events jump last week, okay? Things jumped Wednesday, they jumped Thursday, they jumped Friday, they, ju they just keep jumping. And I feel like I'm jumping levels in my own consciousness. So I was here on Thursday, I'm in a different place on Saturday, you know. And those things are interesting and they take a lot of process. They take a lot of our processing in our consciousness. And one of the most important things to remember is to be kind to ourselves during this time, during these times of major shifts forward. Even though the planets are going backwards, we're learning something from them. We are learning something very important that is shifting, changing our perspective, how we're seeing things, what we're feeling. And I bet you feel different from three days ago a week ago. And I, I think that's what's happening. I think that we're in this 
speedy place. Now, one of the things that I think is doing that is our good friend Uranus. <laughs> and you might say, Deb, you told us Uranus is staying in one place. Yeah, Uranus is staying in one place. It's not moved off 18 degrees. It's not moving off 18 degrees for another month. And that means it's deep and it's lasting and it's pushing us to the limit. And that's how I feel right now. I feel like I've got to say it's, if I had a point a finger at a planet, I'd point it at Uranus. Not because it's d moving so fast or doing anything. You know, it's a great sense of power when something such as that type of energy, that chaotic, shifting, changing, moving, shaking, uh, breakthrough, epiphany-oriented planet is staying in one spot in the zodiac and hasn't moved since July, right? So we're looking at, it. remember, if you, if okay, let's use a mundane example. If I decide I'm going to clean a stain out of my clothes, right, and there's one spot on my clothes, I'm going to keep working on that, right? I'm going to keep working on that spot with my stain remover. Sometimes it's a stubborn stain and you keep moving it around and around to, you know, your, your cloth, your, your detergents, your stain removers, you're working on one spot. What happens? That spot sometimes gets very clean. Same thing on your car. You're, you're polishing one area of your car. You're waxing. That's going to be really well done. Okay. And so think of it in the same way. If you clean one stain in your kitchen or on your car or on your clothes and you focus and concentrate on one area, that's going to make the rest of the kitchen look like it's like not as clean, right? Or it's just different. Oh, wow, look at that. Underneath all of that grime was, you know, this shiny chrome surface, which we forgot about. I sound like I'm doing a television commercial, right? Um, <laughs> and look at that shine. <laughs> it's deep and it's digging and it's cleaning and it's wiping and it's scrubbing. Think of Uranus as scrubbing 18 degrees of Taurus. Now, if you have something at 18 degrees Taurus, as some of us do, you're going to feel that scrubbing deep. You know, like you took your steel wool pad and you scrubbed your sink or your countertop or the top of your stove. You know, although maybe in these days people don't use steel wool on the stove. Um, in any event, <laughs> it's a very, very powerful, powerful moment of a planet stopped in one spot. Okay, and then think about it. Mercury is pretty much stopped in one spot for less time, obviously. But when things are stopping in the sky, they are concentrated on one area. And so whatever area that is for you, think about what that feels like and what that means. And when we feel into it, we can accept it, we can own it, we can embrace it because we can you know, connect with the depth of what's happening. So I feel like Uranus is multi-layered, multi-leveled. It's just going deeper and deeper and deeper. And what you may be realizing since you know, July, now we're in early September, is that we're, we're embracing things 
like one piece at a time, one piece at a time. And then Mars came in August 1st and like slam right into Uranus and the same thing. You had to embrace deep, fast, intense. And then I just feel like it's another layer. It's another layer. And we just go deeper and deeper and deeper until we're clear and clean. And that's what we're going to feel like in October. So I think I think we've got some big stuff going on in October. For sure we do, astrologically, just on first glance, we know that things are going to happen. So October is going to be a rocking month. And it's so important to notice the subtleties in all of this because it's not something, oh yeah, you know, every day is like the same. It's not. <laughs> it may appear the same, but I can tell you that when a planet like Uranus, which is an outer planet and a planet of transcendence and transformation and deep deep work because they move more slowly those last three, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. They are transforming us, but all in a different way. You know, Uranus has its way, Neptune has its way, Pluto has its way. And we call Pluto the planet of transformation, but they all do some sort of transcendental motion for the three of those planets. And what we are experiencing with Uranus is, you know, layer after layer of consciousness shift. I bet you'll stand there in your house and you'll look at yourself in the mirror in October and you'll say, wow, where have I been all these months? July to August, August to September, September to October. Where have I been? Three months of Uranus in one spot. Like you'll look back at July and it'll feel like a lifetime ago. And that's what really is important about this you know, it's not something where we are just living our life and nothing's changed. It's like we've morphed into somebody else and something else and parts of our personality are, I don't want to say exaggerated, but they've come forward in new light and they are bigger than we expected and they are deeper in some ways. And we, we're having a deep experience. So like anything else, if you keep at one spot in your house or in your backyard, you keep digging in one area, digging a ditch, that you're going to get very deep. You're digging a deep ditch. And I do believe that that's what Uranus is doing. It's, it's creating this depth of, of character, of perception, of, of, experience, experience, you know, depth of experience in that one zone of the astrology chart. Now, Taurus is a place of definite uh, security. <laughs> and where could your security be uh, uprooted right now? <laughs> you know, I'm watching a lot of people go through a lot of changes and not because they're transforming, you know, like, um, in, in big noticeable ways, like, okay, I'm moving to the North Pole, you know, it's, it's because, you know, I observe and intuit a lot about people and I see what they're, and I hear what they're going through and I'm experiencing people and watching them go through something deep right now. And, when Uranus and Saturn um, 
meetup. And now, you know, we're back where we kind of were last year because Saturn's at 19 and Uranus is at 18. And Saturn, in another degree and a half or so, is going to make this the faster-moving planet, which is Saturn, will make a square to Uranus. Now, remember last year? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I remember last year, Deb. Last year was rough. Last year had, we were still in the COVID year, the second COVID year, and there were three points of where the Uranus-Saturn or the Saturn-Uranus square occurred. And one was in February, and then one was later in the year, and even and then the third one was like even later in the year. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the exact dates. But this is a reminder of that. So we're looking at Saturn-Uranus coming onto a square again, and not exact. There's not an exactitude to Saturn and Uranus. There is a very close but not entirely definitively exact. So we still, it's within minutes. So, you know, astrologers and astrology ephemerises and books that we look at every day, our calendars, you know, they're not telling us this is an exact, like I can't find an exact square in my book, but it's there. For Pete's sake, it's there. And it's definitely... Um, reminding us of last year. And this is going to be the last time this happens. They're not going to do this again. So we need to take a step back to last year and take a page out of last year's book and remember what we were doing. That was not an easy, easy time, especially the first one. I remember so much went on and so much happened. And there were so many nuances to what Saturn and Uranus brought us last year. Remember, Saturn is all about structure and discipline and duty and hard work and focus and commitment. And Uranus is the antithesis of that. Uranus wants to break free, have an epiphany, explode with ideas and creativity, be all over the map, be all over the place, be a little chaotic, and be the brilliant genius who's scribbling on a whiteboard and Maybe at moments doesn't make sense, but it all makes sense when we come out in the wash. It all makes sense. And one is very structured. One is not. One abhors structure. But they bring something to the picture, the two of them together, where we have to balance, you know, creating something tangible with Saturn out of our genius, which is Uranus. And how do we do that? How do we continue to make, uh, you know, real strong headway in our lives and steps forward in a very tangible, concrete way while we're being the mad genius, okay? So what part of you is the mad genius and what part of you wants the structure? And they're rebelling against each other. So those of us who are experiencing Uranus as a likable aspect, like, you know, I'm an Aquarius, right? So Aquarians like, yeah, let's, let's revolt, man. Let's have a revolution. Let's break it all out and have this incredible, incredible experience. And Saturn's like, yeah, what are you going to do with it? And what does it mean? Is it going to, is it going to get you anywhere? What is that? What do you want with that? Why would you want that? And anybody who's experiencing a good amount of Saturn, maybe a Capricorn type, is saying, hmm, you know, I, I need more structure than that. That just, 
that just does not do it for me. And so we have to find the happy balance between the two of those elements, that wild wildness and then that straight arrow structure, discipline, duty, focus. And all of it is relevant. All of it. You can't say I'm going to do one and not the other. You can't just say, that's it. I'm just staying focused and I don't care about the revolution that's happening in my backyard or in my brain, in my sleep. It's going to come out somewhere. You can't avoid it. So you have to be present with both of those energies. Each of us has to be present with both of those energies. We can't just choose one over the other. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to be wild and liberated and free and not feel like we're any, you know, we're tied down to anything? I don't have to go to work. I can restructure my day on a whim. <laughs> no, what are you talking structure? Each part of us is, there's going to be parts of us that love that lack of structure. And then there's going to be a part of us that's like, no, no, I can't do this. This is too wacko for me. You know, think of it as a science experiment. Uranus is the planet of technology and science and brilliant discoveries and achievements and breakthroughs in science and technology. You don't get there by thinking inside the box. Okay. And I heard a quote a couple weeks ago, and if I didn't say this in the last couple weeks, I want to say it now. Magic doesn't happen in a comfort zone. Saturn has a certain amount of liking the comfort zone. No, I'm not taking any risks. No, I'm not taking any big moves. No, I've got to stay right here and stay focused on what I committed to and do my, do my work and do it well and excel at it and achieve something. Magic doesn't happen in a comfort zone. If that's where you're comfortable and you just want to keep doing your work, okay, but don't expect that Uranus isn't going to interfere with that. Something is going to come in, like, remember those old movies where they had big computers that took up half the room and then the tape would start unraveling and it's like, what is this? What's happening? And the computer starts spitting out all these cards, right? Yeah. Go watch an old movie with Katherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy called Desk Set. It's from the 50s, and it's about a bunch of highly intelligent women who are in an, a, a job. They all have jobs at this organization where they, they're like an informational uh, group in an office. They, it's a big company, but they are there to supply information. Before the Internet, when we can look up, you know, anything, anything. You just look up, what was that? Some minutia. These women were called to answer a question about something in minutia. And I think they were a research department for perhaps a bigger organization. I don't remember. It's been years since I've seen it. And what happens is Spencer Tracy comes in and he makes this, um, he makes this computer, um, you know, or he computerizes their system and he helps them get used to the computer. And you know, how the computer is, uh, you know, updating and making their job easier. But they don't understand that. They think that they're being replaced, and they're not. So you don't find out till the end of the movie that they're not really being replaced. This is to make their job easier. So there's, um, it's a very interesting movie. It's about, like, the advent of technology 
in like the late 50s, mid to late 50s, and when things were starting to get computerized and how, you know, how much faster and easier it was making for people. But, you know, technology is technology isn't always the answer. <laughs> Sometimes just rolling up your sleeves and doing the work with a pencil and a pad is the answer. So that's a that movie comes to mind when I think about um, Saturn and Uranus. Saturn's the old order. Uranus is the, the up, young upstart that's coming in and it's going to, you know, blow your mind. So that's, that's what we got to look forward to in these next weeks. And, you know, it's important to, um, straddle the realms of structure and then also revolution and brilliance and genius. So don't get too attached to your comfort zone. Don't get too attached to your structure. Allow the box to be open and allow the moment to arrive where anything goes. And it's the infinite possibilities. It's the realm of infinite possibilities. Okay. So in the meantime, we have um, the sun trining Uranus right now. And, and that's going to be, that's been all day. And the sun is in Virgo nice Virgo where that also likes a certain amount of organization. Virgo likes things tidy and they have a very, you know, tough schedule and they're, they've got it down to the minute and then it's, but it's making nice with Uranus and Taurus. So this is, this is where we are today. And, and the sun, which is our life force is highlighting and providing us opportunities to see the benefits of what Uranus brings. There are blessings with Uranus. It's not all trouble and like, ah, electrical storm, you know. It's it's a little bit of everything. And we had an electrical storm here yesterday. Boy, yeah. <laughs> Thunder and lightning. Um, And so that's part of it. Now, this trine is an opportunity. Trines are always opportunity. Trines are always um, providing us with lots of possibilities. So there we are with our infinite possibilities as the sun is opening the doors for us to think outside the box. And then um, in these next few days, we're going to be having um, some other interesting things, which is that we've got Venus squaring Mars on Friday the 16th. And Venus is in Virgo. So now, you know, we've got Venus in Virgo. We've got the sun in Virgo. Uh, we don't have... Mercury in Virgo anymore. Remember, it went into Libra before it's done its retrograde. So we've got the Venus Sun in Virgo. We've got a lot of Earth happening right now. Um, you know, of course, Pluto is going to be in Capricorn for a while, and Uranus is definitely going to be in Taurus for a while. So we're looking at, you know, all this Earth keeping us balanced and sane while, you know, part of us is responding to the call of thinking outside the box and infinite possibilities. And there's something to do with all that energy. We take it into the world and we bring it in a way that's, you know, revolutionary, but we can use it in a practical sense. And so Venus is in Virgo. It's going to square Mars. Mars, which is, remember, it's in Gemini and it's going to be there for a long time. So uh, it's Venus and Mars. Now, remember, Venus and Mars got together for a long time earlier this year. Remember that. And Venus and Mars were together back in Capricorn and then in Aquarius and they met with Pluto. This was all like end of February into March. What was going on for you then? And 
the reason I ask is because when Venus now comes this week into squaring Mars, she's challenging where they were together. Now, Mars is not in the place where it was because it was Capricorn and Aquarius, and Mars is in Gemini. Mars has moved quite a bit since then. But Venus is in the practical sign of Virgo that she's not entirely fond of, but she's works there. She can do the work. And Mars is in Gemini, which is a lot more about duality and, you know, do I want this and that? I can multitask. I can do lots of things at the same time. Venus is saying, can we, can we have a little focus here? You know, I like a little more organization. But they were together for quite a while. They were together for at least a month or more. And so now they're meeting a challenge. And how are they being challenged? How are they working together? These are the relationship planets. And Sun and Moon are, are relationship planets too. But Venus and Mars are interesting because they're male and female energies. Everybody has Venus and Mars in their chart. Everybody has masculine and feminine energies. Everybody. And everybody, even if you're a man, you still have to deal with Venus in your chart. If you're a woman, you still have to deal with Mars. No matter what, you're dealing with the masculine and the feminine. And embodied in each and every one of us is masculine and feminine. That masculine, the divine masculine, the divine feminine, the wounded masculine, the wounded feminine. We live in a world that is often very masculine, where women had to step up to the plate to be kind of masculine. And in some places, tap into femininity in quiet moments when they don't have to be out in the world being a breadwinner. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, I'm thinking about and planning a course on, on that stuff, but more about that at a later date. Venus is challenging Mars, and where can we balance? Again, yes, it's a challenge. Yes, you, you're going to be uncomfortable, but maybe you're going to realize where you've been overly one or the other, no matter who you are, no matter if you're male or female or where you identify, there is, there's still these energies. There's the divine feminine, there's the, the divine masculine, the highest expression of both. Feminine receives, masculine asserts. So where can you balance that? Where do you feel like, wow, I have just not been assertive enough or wow I have just been overly assertive out there making it happen fist in the air and I just haven't allowed myself to receive I just like feel like if I want something done I've got to do it myself these are really important questions to ask us because we really it's so important to have a balance of the masculine and the feminine so the two of them require some a little introspection over these next days yeah, up to when we get to that point um you know, on Friday, which is 2.49 p.m. Eastern time. But, you know, we're going to feel that this week. So if you're noticing that, pay close attention, journal about it, take some notes. The other thing that's happening on Friday is the sun will oppose Neptune in its annual opposition. Now, this only happens once a year. This isn't like Mercury retrograde that's, you know, past the opposition of Neptune, went to Libra, going to turn around, oppose Neptune again, turn direct, oppose Neptune again, that's Mercury. Mercury's not doing that right now because it's in Libra, but it 
did oppose Neptune, uh, oppose Neptune once. Now the Sun doesn't do that. The Sun is giving an opposition to Neptune where we can see the Sun is illuminating some things that are foggy, some things that are not clear, some things where we may be, you know, living under illusion. Or maybe it's giving us a place to tap into deep intuition and deep insight. So that's really, really significant, okay? So it's once a year this happens where the sun opposes Neptune. And then there's some more interesting things where next Sunday, Mercury will oppose Jupiter. Now, that's we're going to talk more about that next Sunday because we'll be feeling it by that time. But Mercury is a planet of communication, and Jupiter is the planet of uh, expansion. Mercury is opposite, don't kid yourself, Mercury is opposite Jupiter right now. You know, Jupiter's five and Mercury's eight. Even though it's past, it's going to come back and be in exact opposition next Sunday, but they are absolutely, absolutely in opposition, and they have been since, you know, Mercury's station stopped last week, turned around Friday, and is now starting to move backwards. Um, that's an interesting dynamic. First of all, I have experienced that. Now, Libra is often known for indecisiveness. They want balance. They want harmony. They want serenity. And it balances often, hmm, do I want this? Do I want that? Hmm, do I want this? Do I want that? I don't know. Well, but then if it's this, well, maybe it should be that. And that's, they're always weighing this, the options, that. This option, that option. Mercury getting ready to turn around opposite Jupiter provided way too many options. That's Jupiter, the bigness of Jupiter. Way too many options, okay? And <laughs> and I know, for me, it was like, can I make up my mind? Can I not make up my mind? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And all of a sudden, the field of infinite possibilities is exploding in our faces. <laughs> it's like, so many possibilities. I could do this. I could do that. I could do slow down baby slow down whoa horsey okay you've got to rein it in and sit down and this is where venus says focus you know venus is in virgo and she wants organization she wants the spreadsheets dialed in and here's mercury with oh my god i could do this i could do that i, I, got, I could do anything yeah just think about all of it while it's in retrograde and make your lists and still be organized mercury opposite jupiter is big thinking, big thinking, okay? And this is where Mercury's been. It's been opposite, and then it's been moved past it, and now it's going to go opposite again next Sunday. And this is, I have experienced a whole lot of indecisiveness, like if I could only make up my mind. And it was really almost hard to make up my mind about a few things. Now, I'm not, my mother, if she were here right now, bless her soul, may it rest in peace, she'd be telling you, you always had a hard time making up your mind. That's because she used to take me to a restaurant when I was a kid, and I could never, ever make up my mind. <laughs> so, and then I had to settle for something, and I wound up usually getting, like, tapioca pudding or something like that. But <laughs> um, it was very difficult this past week to zero in on an absolute decision and uh and I experienced it was at least a week it was at least a week of just like not getting the decisions dialed in so I don't know about you but I experienced that <laughs> so that was a that was a big one we're going to have that one again um what else is going on let's see the moon right now is in Aries after that full moon tomorrow it will go void squaring Pluto at like 
almost one in the morning. So the next day. So if you're in the East Coast, on the East Coast, it'll be one in the morning Tuesday. Or if you're in the Pacific, it'll be a little before 10 p.m. And that's um, when it's going void. It will enter Taurus 7.39 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Stay in its exalted place in Taurus. Meet up with Uranus on Wednesday. So, And there we are with that nice north node Uranus moon thing happening on Wednesday. So pay attention to your true north and your direction and where you're going. Are you feeling fulfilled? Are you going in a fulfilling direction? That's that's important to know for Wednesday. Then the moon will keep on going in Taurus until it goes void at 5.59 a.m. I'm sorry, 5.59 a.m. Yeah, um, on Thursday the 15th, and that's going to be in Taurus. So I'm sorry, I'm not reading my book properly. 8.59 a.m. <laughs> in uh, New York or the East Coast. Uh, 8.59 a.m. on the 15th. I can't see. I'm actually, remember, I'm outside, right? It's starting to get dark. Okay, so 8.59 a.m. on Thursday the 15th. And then it's going to go into Gemini, 4.16 p.m. So most of Thursday, if you live on the East Coast, it's going to be void, a void moon in Taurus. Do your homework and your tasks and your everyday tasks. Then it's going to go into Gemini and it'll be in Gemini on Friday the 16th. And what's interesting is, remember Venus is in Virgo squaring Mars in Gemini and then the moon is going to conjunct that Mars at 8.52 p.m. So hours later, a bunch of hours later. So Venus, Moon, Mars, that's a big combination happening on Friday. Relationships, emotions, feelings, um, you know, ambition. And then the Moon will stay in Gemini, go void 5.52 p.m. on Saturday the 17th. And that's going to be squaring the Sun in Virgo. And then eventually, and that's Eastern Time 5.52 eventually go into Cancer 3.59 a.m. on Sunday and stay in Cancer. So we're going to get a Gemini moon next weekend. That's going to keep us busy thinking thoughts. And, you know, Gemini is ruled by Mercury, which is retrograde. So Mars is in a place, the moon will be in a place of being ruled by Mercury. And so this Mercury that's giving us some confusing signals I expect that the indecisiveness is going to continue into the week, okay, and maybe to next weekend, especially when it gets opposite, that Mercury gets opposite Jupiter again, you know. But this is insightfulness too. You know, Jupiter Jupiter was always the planet of, um, it was always the planet of abundance and expansion and stuff, so it's mind expansion, but it's also spirit and philosophy. And there is, before the Neptune was discovered, it was Jupiter they relied on for answers, and education. And so Mercury going to Jupiter, you know, hopefully we'll get some answers to questions that we started having, you know, back at September 2nd, a week ago. And that's the week. Okay. So I thank you for listening on this lovely Sunday and I wish you all a beautiful week. If you need to get in touch with me, you can contact me info at the golden astrologer.com or deb at debmcbride.com. And you can reach me also through Instagram. It's the Golden Astrologer. My website is thegoldenastrologer.com. 
and you can book a session at Book Online. My blog is there, and this podcast is there. And this podcast is available at all podcast distributors like Spotify and Amazon and Apple and all sorts of good places. And if you are interested in keeping up with astrology during the week, then you can watch my Instagrams, and I do stories and I do reels and videos and describing what's happening in the ethers in the moment okay because I'm telling you about it now but we're going to be feeling it during the week and so I'll know more about what it feels like in that moment so tune in thank you again blessings to all gratitude to all and have a gorgeous week